This month we're talking about love, amen? And, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to say this. You're not going to really be able to, and I focused last week. I'm going to just hit some highlights on last week because I think that message was really awesome, if I do say so myself. But, um, but we got to get a revelation. So look at your neighbor and say, get a revelation of God's love. And we got to get a revelation of God's love. Amen? And I really believe that when we get a revelation of how much God loves us, then it's not going to be hard for us to love others. Amen. And I think what it is that we have a wrong concept of God. And if we got a problem, we think it's that God's our problem. But God is not your problem. God's your solution. God is your, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is your way out, glory to God. He is the truth, and the truth will set you free. And he is the life. That means he came to give us abundant life. Amen? And so it's, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So we've got to get a revelation on that. Uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, descriptions of God is Psalms 145, 8 through 9. It says, The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. I think that's talking about me. Okay, we'll continue. The Lord is good to all and tender, his tender mercies are over all his works. Glory to God. And I'm going to say this to you today, that you are a masterpiece in progress. You are a work of God, and God's tender mercies are over you today. He, God is awesome. He, 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 he's, he's not, he doesn't just have love. God is love. Yeah. Amen. And I'm going to say this, that, that you are, you know, uh, God's highest creation. There's nothing, you know, God created the planets. Do you know that God created this earth? He created heaven. But you know heaven and earth will pass away? God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. But you know what? We're not going to pass away. So I'm going to say this, that as long as the word of God is in you, you cannot pass away. God, we're going to be with God forever. Amen. And I love that, and it says in Jeremiah 31, 3, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And, and God loves you with an everlasting No matter what you're going through, God loves you. No matter what valley you may seem to be in today, God loves you, and you can make it out of the valley. Yes, amen. amen. I was doing a visitation last Sunday. And um, this person was supposed to have been out of the, the hospital. And for some reason, they, they're in, in the hospital longer than they're supposed to. And I said, what are you doing camping in the valley? You're supposed to be walking through the valley. We don't want to camp in our valleys. Amen. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with you. And God is bigger than anything that you're encountering. In your life today. You believe that today? And so we, we have to get that revelation that, that we are God's highest uh, creation. I, I, God loves us, I really believe, more than the angels. Glory to God. God loves you today. Amen? God created us to reveal his love to us through two reasons. I hit on this last week. He wants to have fellowship with us. He, you know what? Eternal life is... The Bible says eternal life is not just going to heaven. Eternal life is knowing God. 
That's what eternal life is. Eternal life is not just saying, oh, I'm going to... No, eternal life is having a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. And so Jesus died so that we could have not just a relationship, but sweet fellowship with him. And also God created us to bless us. I love that. He created us to fellowship with us, and he created us to bless us. And that's the reason why God, when he, he saved us, he, he, he saved us to do good works. We're called to develop relationships with people, and we're called to bless people. Somebody say, I'm a child of the Most High God. And I love what it says in John 1, 14. Uh, God revealed his love to us through Jesus. And it says in John 1, 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, you know, Jesus, you know, he, he, his name wasn't Jesus in heaven. It was the word of God. And when he came out, you know, God gave him the name Jesus, glory to God, the name that's above every name, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. Amen. And so I, we love this because Jesus revealed who the Father is down here. I love what it says in Acts 10, 38, how, how Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good. God wants to do good in our lives. He displayed it through Jesus. Jesus went around healing the blind, you know, setting the captives free, uh, you know, feeding the, 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 the poor. Jesus was out here blessing people. And you know what? You're called to bless people too. Say, I'm a blesser. Glory to God. You're called to bless people. And, God, and God's greatest gift to mankind... And I'm just hitting on some, some highlights. You're going to have to get that CD. His greatest gift to us is not just life, but his greatest gift that he's ever given us, mankind, is free will. I'm going to say again, the greatest gift that God ever given us is free will. He didn't create us to be robots. He didn't create us to, to you know, to, he didn't pre-program us to love him. And that's the reason why he loves you so much this morning, that you were willing to love him and, and he didn't throw a lightning bolt down at you this morning. You were willing to come to church on your own free will to love him and to serve him. And God loves you because you love him. But he loved you first. Amen. And that's how we can love God because God loved us first. Glory to God. And so I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to please God. Amen. I want to be a God pleaser. And so you, if you get a revelation uh, of these keys here, you know, that, that, uh, that, that, that God loves you with an everlasting love. Let, let me just give you the point of free will. In Deuteronomy 13, 19, it says, Today I have given you a choice between life and death, between blessing and curses, now I call on heaven and earth to witness your choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants shall live. See, God's given us a choice. He's given us a choice to either serve him or not serve him. Even when you become a Christian, you still have a choice. What, Pastor? You still have a choice if you want to come to church or not. You have a choice to choose life 
or to choose that. And I'm going to choose life. See, hopefully when you come to church, you're getting more knowledge of God. And the more knowledge you get of God, the more knowledge, the more peace and joy you're going to walk in. And I, I want the kingdom benefits. I want to walk in the fullness of God's peace and the fullness of God's joy. And people are trying to look for happiness all out there in a lot of areas, but you're not going to get it through entertainment. You're not going to get it through your hobbies. You're not going to get it through that. You're going to only get it through God. Going to get an amen or oh me. And God's love sonnet to us, glory to God, is, is John 3, 16. That's his love sonnet. For, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. I'm still kind of going over my little message. I'm almost done. And Christianity, I love to, I, when I witness, I love to witness this. You may take notes if you're going to be somebody that likes to witness and win people to the Lord. How many people want to win people to the Lord? And I just say the same things over and over again. That's all I do. I just tell the people, I say, do you know what the difference is between Christianity and all the other religions in the world? And they say, no. What is it? I say, I'll tell you. I can tell you in less than two minutes. The difference between Christianity and all the other religions in the world. All the other religions are based on doing some type of good works. And hopefully, if you do all the right good works, hopefully, and there's no guarantees to a lot of these religions that you'll make it to heaven. But hopefully, if you do enough good works and you work your way in and you can obtain your right standing with God, then you'll make it in. That's how most religions make. And some people think Christianity is based the same way. That if we just, just continue to work our way, go to church and, and do some things and pay, pay our way to heaven. You can't pay your way to heaven. You can't pay your way to heaven, glory to God. And so listen, listen, Christianity is not based on us trying to obtain our position. It's based on Jesus obtaining our position for us. It's based on the grace of God. It's based on us believing Jesus. So what separates Christianity from all the religions of the world, it's called the grace of God. It's called Jesus. And it's called us putting our pla faith, placing our faith and hope in Jesus so that we could have salvation and so that we could have a place in heaven. It's because of what Jesus did and, and not because of what we did. And I ministered this to a lady last week and, uh, and she said, I don't believe that. And I said, oh, my. And so I had to think, okay, how do I got to think fast here. How do I get this lady saved, you know, because I don't believe that. She was thinking that you can do good works to make it to heaven. And I said, listen, I said, if we could do enough good works to, to make it to heaven, then, then there would have been no reason for God to send Jesus. It would have been a waste of time for Jesus to come down here and pay the price on the cross if we could do it ourselves. In other words, what Jesus did would have been for nothing. We would have been discounting the sun. And, and I'm going to say this, that these false religions, mostly, they don't want to put Jesus as the central, center figure of their lives. Jesus has to be the center of our life. Can I get an amen? And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says it this way, For by grace you have been saved, through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, 
not a works, lest anyone should boast. I like what it says in the Amplified. It says, for it's by grace God's remarkable comparison and uh, compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but, it's for the, it, but it is the undeserved gracious gift of God, not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law, so that no one will be able to boast, take credit in any way for his salvation. Can somebody say grace again? I'm telling you, God is so awesome. I'm so thank God that I don't have to be perfect. I thank God that God's grace is there for me. And I thank God that I'm already in right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. So we're talking today about love. And I'm, I'm talking to you today. Uh, I want to focus in on the, on the power of commitment uh, uh, love with, with commitment. And, and I'm going to say this, that the world doesn't understand a lot about commitment. Hello. And I'm going to say this, that if you're going to walk in love, if you're going to walk in love towards God, you're going to have to be committed to God. If you're going to have walk in love towards your spouse, you're going to have to get committed. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying go into an institution. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We won't go there. But you got to. You, you might, some of you might feel like you want to get committed. <laughs> you're living with somebody and you're like, God, can, you're like, I, need, I need to get committed into an institution. Amen? Listen, it's not that bad. You remember that story about that, 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 that person that was taking a tour of the insane asylum and, and the, the, the bottom floor was not as bad cases. The upper floors were worse. And that one guy was, was down at the bottom floor and he was, um, he was uh, walking around. And, and saying, Mary, Mary, Mary. They said, what happened to that guy? He said, he asked, that, he asked Mary to marry him, and she rejected him. So now he's all distraught about it. And they went up to the up, upper chamber where they had the worst cases, and this guy was banging his head on the padded. He had, he had the, you know, the um, straight jacket, and he was saying, Mary, Mary, Mary. He said, what happened to this guy? That's the guy that married Mary. So, so are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So you may want... Okay, you get my humor, but are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? We, we got to get committed. You know, listen, I'm going to say this. It's easy. Glory to God. It's easy to be committed when things are easy. When things are going good, it's easy, you know, in a relationship. Come on, people. When things are going well, then, it, it, then it's easy. But when, when the wife burns the mill, then I don't know how committed you are going to be. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Marriage is a commitment. Amen. Glory to God. We are, in a sense, married to the Lord. Amen. Commitment is to, let me just give you a definition of commitment. Commitment is to follow through on a promise or an agreement to do something no matter what the cost or how difficult it is. Amen. I added the last part in it, into it. So really, the, def, the, the Webster's Dictionary says it's a promise or an agreement to do something. But I add it no matter what the cost or how difficult it is. Amen. Because most people, you know, they, they, they're, they're not that committed. They say, you know, a lot of people say they're going to do something, but they don't follow through on what they say they're going to do. Oh, yeah, I'll see you there. And you look around and they're not there. Are you here? We live in an uncommitted world. That's why, you know, there are so many people. And it, this is really... 
you know, I hate to hit it, but there are Christians, well, they call themselves Christians, that, that are, and, and we had some here, but they got married, thank God. They were living together. And I, people live together these days. And back then, 20 or 30 years ago, that would have been a travesty. People just didn't live together 30 years ago, you know. I mean, everybody went to church 30 years ago. So, but now, you know, people are living together. Why? Because they don't have to be as committed. If something goes wrong, they're out. But when you get married, there, there's something about, you know, uh, uh, committing uh, uh, to, to your marriage partner. There's something about in vows. Have you ever said this in your vows when, uh, for you married people out there? For richer or poorer in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. And most people would, would rewrite that and says, until we fall out of love. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Most people will say it that way. God is committed to us. I, I love this in 2 Peter 3, 9. And, uh, and Peter is talking about how people back then were talking about, you know, when is God going to come back? When is Jesus going to come back? And, and it's been, it was, you know, just 30 years, you know, since Jesus was on the cross, you know, 20 or 30 years. And they're saying, where is Jesus' return? And they, and they were saying, you know, and Peter was saying, listen, the reason why Jesus hasn't come back yet is because he's still waiting on some of your hard-hearted relatives to get saved. Hello. I am kind of, it's modern day vernacular. In other words, in other words, God is waiting. God could come, Jesus could come and split the eastern sky tonight, but there are some people that need to get saved. Amen. God's waiting for the precious harvest. He's waiting on the harvest to come in. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise pertaining to coming back. As some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I love that. I love that because you know what? I used to be a Christian and I was a backslidden Christian at one time. Almost two weeks ago. No, I'm kidding. But I was a backslidden Christian and I'm so glad that God waited on me. That, that God waited for me to come back to him. I'm so glad that, that God is, doesn't just brush us off when we fall and when we stumble. No, God, God is patient. And he, and he will wait on us. And he will try to draw us by his spirit. So if we're gonna, listen, if you're going to get committed to God, you're going to have to learn to love God in Matthew 22, 37, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You're going to have to learn to love God and then, and then love your neighbor as yourself. But we have to love God. In other words, we have to put God first. I ministered a message a couple years back, uh, a marriage, kind of like a marriage uh, uh, seminar, sort of. And on, the, on that, what I talked about was that, that if, you're going, if your marriage is going to go well, God has to be in the center of your marriage. It has to be God first. Amen. God has to be number one. Your spouse can't even be number one. Oh, man, I'm, I'm talking today. Somebody said, my spouse is number one. Well, if your spouse don't, tells you not to go to church, are you going to listen to them? No, God has to be number one. Amen. So, so God has to be uno numero. I think I got that right. God has to be number one. 
Amen. And then who's number two? Me, of course. No, number two is your spouse. Your spouse needs to... Oh, pastor, I didn't want to hear that this morning. No, listen, your spouse needs to be number two. And then you're, you're next. Glory, are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, listen, the world's way is really, the world is all about lust. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? What is lust? It's what you can get from the other person. What is love? It's what you can give. Hello. Or am I talking to somebody today? And so we, we want to make sure that, that, that we're, we're, get, we're givers and not just takers. Amen? You know, as I think about that, that, that the number one key, if we're going to have a, a thriving relationship with our spouse, God has to be number one. We have to love God. And number two, we got to be seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We got to go after the kingdom. We, listen, you don't build your kingdom, you build God's kingdom. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You know, I think about commitment, and I think about all the patriarchs in the, in the Bible. And I think about how Noah, you know, was a man that, that loved God, and God called Noah. You know, I mean, Noah, may have, I, may, he may have been a farmer. You know, he may have been doing his own thing. And God came to Noah and said, I want you to build an ark. I want you to do something for me. I want you to, 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 to do something. But really, it was for Noah. Whatever God calls you to do for him, it's really for you. Whatever he calls you, if he calls you to witness or be a blessing, it's because he wants to get a blessing to you. See, Noah said, okay, I'm going to stop, what, I'm going to stop my own personal life, my own personal thing, and I'm going to do God's thing. And because he was willing to do God's thing, it saved his family. It saved the human race. It saved the animals. I'm telling you, God started all over with Noah and his family, glory to God. When God calls you, see, we got to get to a point where we're not just consumers. Hello. I'm talking to somebody today. We're not just consumers, but we're contributors. And when we start contributing into the kingdom of God, we're going to see great blessing. Amen? When I, think about, when I think about commitment, I think about Joshua. I think about Caleb. And I think about how they were about ready. These are, there were 12 spies, these, and these are 12 uh, people of the 12 tribes of Israel, the, the, the Israelites were in the wilderness ready to go into the promised land. And 10 of those spies held them back, held the whole congregation back. Can people hold you back? You better believe it. If you're in a group, people can slow us down. Amen. And, and, and Caleb and Joshua, you know, God had to pronounce punishment on, on those ten spies. And, you know, and, and said it, they won't be able to enter in until, until 40 years down the road. And what was amazing about this was that Caleb and Joshua kept their attitude right. They kept their attitude right. After 40 years, Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land. Caleb got the big house on top of the mountain. 40 years talking about being committed. I'm telling you, we're, we're barely committed for 30 days. We don't, we, we don't have that kind of stickable 
ability to stick into something. It's too easy to quit. It's too easy to throw in the towel. It's too easy to do that. But listen, if you're walking with God, then you got the greater one in you, and God won't let you quit. You got the greater. Say, I have the greater one in me. Hallelujah. I think about, you know, sometimes we are committed, and we need to be so committed to the part, death do us part. We need to be committed to our families. We need to be committed to our spouse. You know, I think about Daniel, and we, 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 we did, just did a 21-day fast, the Daniel fast, and Daniel, you know, we're, we're going to be challenged in our faith. Don't think you're going to walk through this life on flowery beds of ease with no challenges. And we're going to be challenged. Daniel was challenged. He, he was a, a man that prayed three times a day. And he, and he prayed to God. God prospered him even though he was under uh, Babylonian captivity. And God prospered this man. And, and, and there was an edict. There was a, a command from the king that, that you couldn't pray to any other god but the king's god. And so what did Daniel do? He stopped praying, right? No, he continued to pray. And, 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 the, and the decree was that if you are caught praying to some other God besides the king's God, you're going to be thrown into the lion's den. And guess what? They wanted to get, the, the, the people, wanted, some of these people that, that worked with Daniel, they, they were jealous of Daniel because Daniel had a high position with the king, and whenever you walk with God and you're sold out to God, God will always raise you up higher than other people around you, especially the losing world. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God will make you ten times greater than the losing. You believe that today? I believe that we need to serve God with a whole heart. And Daniel was serving God in excellence. And he was doing the right things. But he wasn't going to agree with, with that thing, with that edict, with, with that command to not worship God. Don't ever allow anybody to, to, to shut down your worship. Don't allow your circumstances to shut down your worship. When things get bad, that's when you need to start worshiping more. When things aren't looking good, that's when you need to start praising God more. When things are out of kilt, that's when you need to go to church more. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? That's when we need more God. And you start getting more God in you. Yeah, it might be some pressure and more pressure may mount up. But you're going to learn how to stand in your righteousness. You're going to learn how to stand like a king. And you're going to learn to decree some things. And you decree a thing and it will be so. You're going to have to learn to stand in the storms of life. And Daniel was, was you know, the king uh, loved Daniel, and he didn't want him to go into the, to the lion's den. But you know what? It, it, it was, they were under Persian government, and, and you could not, once you make a rule, you can't back it up. Amen. Kind of like what the Bible says, once we give our word out, we should follow through even if it hurts us. In other words, if we say that we're going to do something, we should follow through in what we say that we're going to do. Because when you don't follow through in what you say you're going to do, it hurts your faith. How are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? It hurts how you believe God. Because if you're not good to your word, then, then, you're, not going to, and then you're not going to believe other people and what they say. We've got to have trust in God, and you've got to have some kind of trust and degree in other people. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Oh, you can only put your trust so far, but you have to still give people a, a little bit of trust. Amen. We can't be people that don't trust others. Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10.30 a.m. Nurseries and Children's Church provided. This broadcast is made possible by the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.